Today's scripture comes from Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. The word came down to Jeremiah from the Lord. Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. You may believe that you're getting a bonus verse this morning, or you may figure out that the pastor gave the office one verse short of this morning's text. And so adding to those five verses, verse six reads like this. Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done, says the Lord. Just like the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. And so our sermon is entitled, Have Your Way, Lord. Have Your Way, Lord. Uh, this this uh, sermon is really based on three components. It's based in part on the prayer that Laura Davidson prayed at the communion table last Sunday. It's based in part on the song, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, and it is based on that scripture, all six verses of that scripture. And since I'm clarifying, there are some people who think that pastors cut the scripture off at their comfort zone. Because if we went on into verse seven, God's doing some threatening. I did not cut that off because I'm afraid to tell you of God's threats. I cut it off because I am trusting in God's promise. We don't have to worry about the threats if we uh, take advantage of the promise. So I know what the rest of the chapter says, but our part, the promise part, is verses 1 through 6. But the prayer a very unique and engaging prayer was prayed last week by Laura Sippel, Laura Davidson Sippel, and what in part made it even more noteworthy is this. Last Sunday was Laura's first Sunday at the communion table as an elder in this church. Still, I need to say in the hearing of whatever elders are present, whatever deacons, whatever members are present, there's no competition. We're not judging this prayer better than somebody else's prayer. We're recognizing a moment where God is speaking to us, and it's Kairos time, and I knew when I heard that prayer I had to preach it. All of our elders pray great prayers. Uh, and so I may steal another of them sometime soon and preach their prayer. But if I don't, 
It's not a judgment for or against any prayer. It's a recognition of a God moment. Here is the prayer. Oh, merciful God, we gather at your table realizing that the ordinary values of our world are here turned upside down. Here we gather not according to rank and power, but in humble service. We gather not in terms of seniority and prestige, but in our ability to be childlike. However, when you have wanted us to be childlike, we have been childish. When you have wanted us to cooperate, we have been competitive. When you have wanted us to lift one another up, we have torn one another down. When you wanted us to be peacemakers, we have stirred conflict. Yet we gather at this communion table, not in trust of our own abilities, but in trust of your steadfast, unconditional love. The table is a sign that your love never gives up. Your patience never gives up. Your forgiveness never gives up. With eating the bread, we find the strength we need to try again to live as you would want. With drinking of the cup is our willingness to follow you in humble service and childlike love. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I appreciate Laura's willingness to pray a vulnerable prayer because she spoke for us all. She didn't talk about you or talk about me. Every shortcoming lifted in that prayer was a shortcoming that she claimed for herself. We, Lord, have not done as you would have us do. You have continued to bless us and give us opportunities and we have fallen short. It's in the prayer, but it's vulnerable. When we get the microphone, we don't have to make ourselves vulnerable. We can lift ourselves up. It's what they call the bully pulpit. You can lift yourself up and adore yourself and celebrate yourself. But when you willingly make yourself and present yourself as vulnerable, it's a holy moment, a holy occasion. She lifts the words, the ordinary values of our world are turned upside down here. And it seems that our world has figured out how to turn itself upside down. However, when you have provided us with all that we needed, when you have blessed us in such a magnificent way we have, when you have done all that is good for us, we have done all that is unappreciative to you and for you and with you. However means but. However, Lord, no matter how much you have blessed us, we have found ways of messing it up. Yet, that's another but. This is a but upon a but. You have blessed us, but we messed it up. We messed it up, but you blessed us some more. 
in trust of your steadfast, unconditional love. You believe in us when there's no good reason to believe in us. These petitions brought to mind first one song and then another. By the time I was through, I had three or four songs to plug in to my sermon, but I stayed with the first, which was, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. That's what I'm hearing in the prayer. That's what I hear in the scripture. Have your way with me, Lord. Have your way. You are the potter and I am the clay. You've all confessed already since you came into the sanctuary that the potter had to do, do a makeover with some of us. I believe God may have had occasion to think about throwing this lump of clay away and just doing something altogether different. But that's not the way God is. Mold me and make me after your will, Lord. Now this next verse, next verse, next line is a throw in, it seems to us, but it's key to what the writer is saying. While I am waiting, yield it and still. We've sung it as if it's music and doesn't have any meaning. While I am waiting, yield it and still. That's two different conditions being placed on my waiting. Lord, you've got something to do, but you can only do it while I am yielded. Because that's how the clay got messed up before when I didn't yield, when you didn't yield, when we went driving off on our own doing it our way. But now I'm waiting Yield it and still. I think God may have whispered in the songwriter's ear, God can't really craft this clay if you keep wiggling around. While God's trying to turn you into a champion, you wiggle this way and God turns you into something other than a champion. And then God chooses to make you holy and you wiggle the other way and turn out some other kind of way. God took the time to walk with Jeremiah down to the potter's house and show what a potter is capable of even after the clay gets messed up. God took Jeremiah down to the potter's house and might as well had a snapshot of me next to a snapshot of you. This is what happens when the clay wiggles. This is what happens when my creation starts thinking of themselves as creator. This is what happens when I made humans to be great and I told them they were great, but they started thinking they were the greatest that could be. They forgot about my power. They forgot about my creative energy and my creative authority. They started making their own plans. They stopped being 
yielded, they stopped being still. Now, you don't have to go to the book of Jeremiah for that. You can go all through the Bible and find people who wiggle when it's time to be still. People who seem to think of themselves as partners in the process of creation. And yes, God has called upon us to be co-creators going forward, but God is the one who authored the blueprint that we are supposed to participate in joining with God in creation. If it's a kitchen, God is the one who wrote the recipe. And so there at the potter's house, God spoke and showed Jeremiah the potter's house and the spoiled clay. There's a reading in our chalice hymnal where we're invited to maintain our pliability so that the potter may do what is needed with us when it is needed with us. You don't want to become hard clay while God's not through making you all that you will ever be. Some of us are excited at what God's already done with us and we forget that God's still at it. God's still working on it. And so if you become hard clay, you're just what you were. Instead of having the potential of what you will be. Is there anybody here that thinks they're as great as they ever will be? I'm glad you didn't answer. I suppose you heard the question. I'm glad that your choice to not raise your hand was a claim that you are on your way to greater things. A claim that God's not through with you yet. A claim that God, when God sees you yielded and still, will put you gently back on the potter's wheel and will turn you round and round and round and work on you and make of you what has never been made before. Is there anybody here volunteering to get back on God's will? Willing to be back on the will, waiting to see what God will make of you? The clay gets no vote. No lump of clay ever decided what to become. You're the clay, God is the potter, and God has plans for you. That's why I didn't read the part of the scripture where God threatened the people. I believe no one in their right mind would read the first six verses and need verse seven. Why would God have to destroy you with all that promise that shows up in verses one through six? I choose the promise. So did Laura in writing that prayer. So did Jesus in going to the cross for some apparently good for nothing sinners. Sometimes we pretty things up and, and we have Jesus dying on the cross for some naughty people. No, 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 Jesus didn't die for naughtiness. 
Jesus died for those who walked away from God's grace, those who refused the potter's will, those who wanted to write their own script. Jesus still chose the promise and upped the ante on the promise. And so I choose the promise. Laura chooses the promise, and I hope you do too. When you get on the wheel, if God desires to have you open doors, then God may form you like a key. If God intends for you to work the soil, God may form you like a plow. If God intends for you to feed the world, God may form you as a, a baking pan. God has plans for you. And on that will, those plans will begin to come to fruition. And so thank you, Laura, for the prayer. And thank you, Adelaide, for the song. And thank you, Jeremiah, for the scripture. With those components and with God's grace, we can plan to get on that will and experience a do-over beyond our wildest imagination.